1: welcome to that interview I am Chris this guy is Robbie from Ripe. yay
0: it's exciting to be here thanks for having us
1: thanks for coming through uh, the new album is out we'll talk about that in a second but um, I wanted to start with your beginnings when did ripe get together you were you in college at Berkeley? it was
0: right at the beginning of college was the first iteration it's been sort of a wonderful chaotic thing for a long time but okay. it started off as just people that were meeting up at house parties starting to make tracks together because we were all at music college um and sort of out of that were birthed the first songs that became ripe songs before the name of the band even existed um it was just people in somebody's apartment kind of getting together over uh, recording software and building things one piece at a time mm. uh, and so that yeah that's the absolute beginning and then through the college experience we kind of found the iteration of the band that's gone the distance okay mm-hmm.
1: Wh- when did it become a serious thing when was because in the beginning it was probably just fun getting together and making stuff
0: I mean, serious, probably about 45 minutes, you know, earlier today, we finally decided (laughs) that we're going to stick it out and go the distance together forever. Uh, no, but I think that it was contingent for a long time because nobody knows what the future holds in music and everybody was at school in part with the hope that like they'd be able to make music a career, um, as well as just a passion. So the end of college, there were some moments where we had to sit down and decide like, do we take this seriously? And the answer was, we're going to give it at least six months. And then at the end of those six months, the next steps were apparent to us, Mm uh, and, you know, it's not the answer that, like, teenagers want to hear when they're starting out, but, like, it has really sort of been this thing that at every turn there's been a reason to keep going, yeah. and so it's has been allowed to sort of grow at its own pace.
1: Well, that's what's so great about that attitude when you're in college is that you just have this confidence of, like, I'm, it's going to work out. I'm going to uh, just keep taking steps until I shouldn't take steps. In a yeah, yeah, yeah. What's
0: the, what's the Bob Dylan quote is, like, I was older then, I'm younger than that now. It's, it sort of feels true yeah. about that particular kind of bullheaded confidence. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, Brighter Blues, the sophomore album, Bright blues, bright blues, Sorry, bright okay. blues. Sophomore. Albums. I know you listened. You
0: don't have to. You don't have <laughs> to. English is hard, man.
1: Sorry, um, it's the first time that you had co-writers.
0: Yeah, just predating the albums when we first started working with them again. But they're actually two guys that in college would sub- substitute on our horns when our horns weren't available, okay. and just people that we had sort of the rambunctious like party memories with, uh, who went to California and cut their teeth for the five years that we weren't living together uh, in the production space, and um, we sort of collided with them and reconnected with them and started making a couple songs with them. And there was something undeniable to the quality of us working alongside these people that were focused on, you know, more immediate writing, but knew us very well. Um, and when the time came to, to start making what turned out to be a new record, it just kind of felt hmm. obvious that this friendship energy felt really good. And the songs that we were making with them in mind were uh, just, you know, w- what we wanted at the time.
1: Did you sound different from that first album?
0: Um, I mean, you'll have to ask the fans. It's I feel like for us, it's every year, even if there's not new music out, we're pushing ourselves to sound a little bit different and a little bit the same. Um, but I think that we've moved a little bit in the studio space towards focusing on songcraft. I think that most of the first record was somebody playing something live in a space, making eye contact with the rest of the band that was happening, mm. uh, even in moments where it was overdubs. And I think that there was a little bit more trust this most recent time that no matter what was happening in that moment, everyone involved was serving the song. Everyone involved was serving the ethos of the band and the ethos of the record. Uh, so I think that, like, obviously that's a difficult thing to nail down sonically, yeah. but in terms of the way the album came together, that feels like the biggest change.
1: Okay. Let's chat about Noise in the Forest, the song we're playing quite a bit on that station. Well, thank you for doing that. Um, I read that. I'm going to quote you. It's a loving look at anger.
0: Mm-hmm. talk
1: to us about that.
0: Yeah, I can only speak for myself, but I think that it seems that other people feel a certain amount of this way, but like what I used to think was like I don't get angry was actually only having a 1 and a 10 on my volume knob. Mm. Um and I think that you know as the last few years have taught me and I'm sure other people, it's like every emotion has depth and nuance to it and you know coming to terms with what it all means and like slowing down in the space to kind of get a a view of what's actually going on uh, has been certainly how I've had to survive kind of waves of crazy emotions as they crash. Uh, And I think that to me, the goal with our music is always to take whatever is actually real in the room and kind of trace it back to something that feels kind of cathartic. Uh, and it's, I don't know, it's fun to have a song that starts off in a place of anger, yeah. uh, and by the end of it, it feels like it's no longer in this angry place. It's in this, like, explosive and joyous space.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a joyful record, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you've done a lot of festivals. You've done Bonnaroo, you've done ACL Fest, you've done Firefly. Uh, festival question that I've always wondered about. You get up on that stage, and that audience that's in front of you may or may not be your tribe. Is there a certain amount of fear in that when you get up or is your goal to go out and try to win these people over or does the music do that for you? I guess. I mean, there's a
0: certain amount of nerves every time I take the stage, every time we take the stage, I think that like is sort of a reminder for us that this still means the world to us. So yes, definitely a little bit of that. Um, I think these days it feels like the furthest we can hope for in a festival setting is to be understood. Mm. I think that like if the music is connecting People will think about it when they leave. People will look it up afterwards. And like, even more like than just specifically people yelling really loudly between songs, it's just yeah. like the show comes to do something specific. It's not quite the same as anybody else playing the festival. And we have, in some cases, 30 minutes to prove what we usually prove over listening to our right. records, buying a ticket, 90 minutes at a show.
1: Can um, you see that happening as a performer when you, you're on stage and you get out there? Have you ever seen an audience sort of... Um, I guess turn or, or build as you go through a set.
0: I'd like to think so. I think that like there are those moments of clicking, um, even at our own shows, but especially in the festival space where it's like you understand that like okay, we've at least we've cleared the bar where people are going to be happy as they leave this. And yeah. honestly, from there, it kind of tends to get playful, where it's like once we know that we've at least met expectations, it's like how do we, you know, improvise and mess around to the point where we can hopefully exceed them.
1: Yeah, gotcha. Well, big show tonight, Lincoln Theater. Doors at 7. Show starts at 8. Ripe. It's going to be a great show. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for having us. It's been really nice. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. and I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We've been asked several times how to host more people or build out entertainment spaces for folks. There's a lot of things that we can do. Depending on the size of your base, we can add in an island to get you more countertop space. We can put in some larger ovens so you can cook larger meals. We do beer bars. We can do wine bars. We can do soda machines, coolers, all that. that. That kind of stuff. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at thedesignery.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone.